On today's episode, Dave interviews Second City alum and screenwriter Evan Gore. Evan, along with his wife Heather Lombard, have written for Futurama, Care Bears, Georgia the Jungle, and The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron. I'm Ian Follett with ADD Comedy. I really enjoy listening to you talk to Paul Gilmartin. Martin. Talking about addiction. Talking about a lot of things. Right, we started it. Um, yeah, 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 but I like Paul. I do too. I, I totally fucking well. respect him, and he is... Why, that conversation is really good. I gotta listen to that one again. I listened to it, yes, did you get ready to come today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and has you, have you heard his show? Um, are you recording this? No, I have not. It's, I like have several downloaded episodes in my computer, but I've never actually listened to them. I download podcasts, and I right. don't always listen to them. No, no, I'm with you. I have, I have so many, and then sometimes I go, I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm divorcing you, like yeah. a television. I, that's what I did with Mark Maron, who I loved it, but I, I had to be done. I listened to 100, and 100 was enough. Right. Like 50, whatever. Got it. And did, you, did something happen where you went, no more? No, I don't think so. Um, it's just my time got sucked up, and, I, right. and, and you know what it was? I, I, um, a new chick came into my life. Uh, the Script Notes podcast, which I... So I, had, I replaced what? one podcast for another podcast. It's called Trip, Script Notes? Script Notes is a... Uh, I, as you may know, I'm a professional screenwriter. Right. And um, the Script Notes podcast is just one of the greatest resources available. And it's extremely popular. Right. And it's extremely popular with industry insiders because they actually did a poll of who's listening. And it turns out that, like, they've got a huge listenership of, like, the Hollywood insider. Not just wannabe screenwriters are listening to right, this show. Right, But, like, all of those people who take a one-day seminar so that they can talk script. Right. Um, so the Screenwriters Podcast is available at johnaugustcom You said a new chick, podcast. so it's a woman that yeah. does it? No, no, no. I'm just, I was being oh, uh, metaphorical. Got it, got the it. The hot got new, a new girl chick. in town. It's not right. actually, not, there's no chicks involved. Because right. I was, uh, that's what got me was, right. oh, a script writing thing with chicks. It's like, no, there is a script writing thing with a chick that's also very good. Pilar, mm. what's her name? Pilar Andreessen. Boy, I wish I could remember that. But I've also listened to her. I'll ADR it later. So, so I'll look it up and I'll, tell you, <laughs> I'll ADR it later. So when people hear this, they'll go, her name was Pilar Bronvisa. Like, okay, and she knows, we, she seems to know a lot of our friends. I think Joanna Stein was on, uh-huh. a guest on Pilar, or whatever her name's screenwriting right. podcast. But, but the main one that I listened, like I literally don't miss an episode of, is a Script Notes podcast available at johnaugust.com slash podcast. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, Craig, it's John August and Craig Mazin, uh-huh. who have just, I think, celebrated their 100th episode. Right, great. And it's... Um, Does it come out every week? It comes out every Saturday. It every is most, Saturday. It's a super professional podcast. Uh-huh. So it's not like this. It's not all like this. No, there's probably guys with mics that, that and the Let me tell you something. This is not a bad podcast, Dave. Sounding? Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, it's I just, know, yeah. yeah. You've got no, it no, together. No, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying that I listen to other people and I see pictures of them in the middle of podcasts and they've got the, the they've got, well, the mic that you've seen many times. Yes. The spit guard. Yes, it. I've done and, those, those podcasts. It's right. not my first rodeo, well. I know, I know, I know. But I'm looking at those people and I'm going, that really sounds good. Because periodically mm-hmm. you will hear the bell from across the street, mm-hmm. the, the bell. Ed's time. This is what Mark Marin does. He's just got one of these machines I thought he that you've got. I thought he had a, a well, he probably does a, now. A crane and all that. He might. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm What's a recurring uh, and this, this whole guest thing right now. on the um, Storyworthy podcast I've appeared on, most of all. Story I've done about worthy. five. Storyworthy is Christine Blackburn and Hannes Finney, and it is like The Moth. It is like This American Life. Uh-huh. It is one of the many storytelling podcasts, but that is the one that I've sort of... A, uh, I'm going to write that down. Irregular, regular on it. Other people you know have been on that. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to do the first... This is the first time I've ever done this where I'm actually going to, because somebody said something, I'll write it down. Um, so... Talk about that. What is it? I'll wait till, are we still oh, recording? We don't do any 
Um, Christine Blackburn and Hannes Finney are two very funny and engaging people. Uh, Hannes is a, uh, Christine is a new friend of mine and Hannes is an old friend of mine. And they, and um, she runs the show and is charming and weird and hilarious and he's, you know, a wisecracking Ed McMahon. And what's the name of it? Storyworthy Podcast. And it's, they've done very well for themselves. Uh -huh. um, Storyworthy. Yeah. And so they have every episode, they do an hour episode, they have one writer on who um, they jibber jabber, the writer does a 10 minute story mm -hmm. that they've written, so you write and come in. Right. And, uh, and then there's conversation, and then they then for fun they spin the story wheel because they have this roulette wheel with story topics, and then you do like a... Extemporaneous. Yes. And, uh, and that's the show. And they have some great guests on that show, including Evan Gore. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I think the universe that we live in right now is so ripe with, uh, with cool delivery system. Like yeah. this is a cool delivery system. Well, yeah. And um, that computer that I have over there is a cool delivery system. To the fact that if I turn a television on, I know that you, you probably have to watch. I talk about this all the time. But you probably have to watch TV. I hardly ever watch TV. I'm supposed to watch more TV than I do. Uh-huh. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, my main bread and butter in life has been, in my adulthood, has been writing kids' animation. Between 6 and 14. Yes. Right. And now I have a daughter who's 10. Right. And a son who's uh, 7. Uh -huh. 6. Right. Son who's 6. So, you know, I, that has kept me through the years watching. It's kept me up in, in keeping up with watching this stuff. Right. Um, the end. You have two kids that now suddenly are your demographic. Correct. How does that work? It would be great if I actually was working at the studios like I did before I had kids, but I've been a freelance screenwriter for most of my son's, my, my younger son's life. Right. So I haven't had like an office at Disney in kind of a few years now. Right. I, we've, I've done episodes for and continue to do them for a show called The Littlest Pet Shop uh -huh. on The Hub. And that's a show they actually like and watch. So that's really quite cool. But one of the biggest jobs I ever had, it's now been 44 years, but um, uh, actually it's been about six or seven years, but I had my wife, Heather Lombard, and I, right. who's my erstwhile screen partner. Okay. We don't really write together so much anymore. But we were the head writers on a show called George of the Jungle, which was based on George of the Jungle. Right. And it was a big hit on Cartoon Network. Right. And I've got a DVD, of, and, and we wrote every episode with, yeah, obviously our staff, but we were the head writers. And that was just something that we were, uh, that took over our life for two years. Right. And I'm very proud of it. It came out really well, and we've got the DVD, and I can't get my kids to watch it. <laughs> can't get them to. They'd love it. They Why can't it. you get them to? Because it's like it's like because they're kids. It's like broccoli. It's like eat your broccoli. Well, Maybe. my dad wants me to have a it little bit, probably. It. Yeah, you need to say, "Don't ever watch this." I'm putting this somewhere where you can't get to it. Yeah, never watch it. Uh, yeah, but you're also traveling around. You were. You I was. Are. It's actually been a year since I've traveled internationally, uh -huh. but I hope to resume that again. I've been to um, Seoul a couple of times because uh -huh. I have for a year. I've been sitting on my hands for about a year, but I am. <laughs> Any minute now, I'm going to be getting a call telling me that my feature that I'm going to be writing for a production company in Seoul, South Korea, uh -huh. with a, produ a Korean producer here, uh -huh. and it's going to be, oh, huge. It's going to be the next Shrek, uh -huh. um, and I'm going to write it all by myself with no help, um, and I'm going to draw all the pictures, and they're going to animate them, uh, is uh, to start. But it's been, you know, if, what I have learned as I've be gone from a TV writer to a movie writer is that movies are on their own schedule. Right. Sometimes, you know, 
with TV, you start and you're two weeks late, mm -hmm. and then you work for months on end, mm -hmm. and then one day the faucet just cuts off and you need a job. Right? That's TV. Right. But you are working your ass off daily, daily, daily. It's workhorse work. With a check at with the end check. of the week or whenever it is. Yeah, whenever. Yeah, the different right. shows work differently. When you work at the studios, you're getting a weekly check. Right. And that, my friend, is the sweet life. God, a weekly check. A fucking weekly check. Yeah, it's been it. years since I've had one. I know. Yeah. But, and you also, it's interesting because you're your own boss until you get a boss. That's right. And you know what I have? I shouldn't say that. Right now, I actually am getting a weekly check again, mm -hmm. because. I, but I don't have a boss. I have clients. Mm -hmm. For seven years now, I have not had a boss, but I've had clients. Don't you love, for me, I, there, was, there was something that I posted today about the high, one of the highest job satisfaction rates is by artists, because we work for ourselves, we post, we do what it is that we're doing. We love doing what it is that we're doing because we're selling ourselves. I love a freelance life. Oh, I uh, chew the insides of my cheeks out, have a knot in my stomach, uh -huh. and um, well, you've got a, you've got a family. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Cheap. Got a house. Right. That's not cheap. I Dave. know. I know. Um, so those are life stressors for someone who is, you know. Being, being a freelancer life, you know, certainly there are freelancers who do very well right. and live a very good life. Um, I'm not one of them, well, but I live a life. You know, I, I have been doing it. I'm, Isn't that awesome that you It's awesome, it? yes. I got to, and I have an issue. And one of the things, to go back to your discussion with um, Paul, Paul Gilmartin, mm -hmm. and one of the things I responded to is you got talking about uh, how everyone's got their story that right. they're attached to. Right. And, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's their, their life story of yes. what it is that they have to do. Right. right. And, the, and I had this conversation and I sort of shared that with someone else who's like, yeah, everybody, everybody's stories about how their pain is worse than everybody else's. Uh -huh. And that's the story that we need to cling to, to carry on. And so my story, and I that's was the, like, that's the one that we feel that we need to cling to. Yes. Right. And that's okay. who you're saying. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, you know, enlightening to me because goodness knows I cling to my story, right. which is not so much a story of. I drink, to, you know, it's not a story about drugs or alcohol or anything mm -hmm. yet, but my story is how hard I work for a dollar. Right. And that Evan Gore is a work, working workhorse who is incredibly <laughs> talented and about 10% of the people who need to recognize that recognize that. But those people think he's amazing, but most of the people either don't know who he is or don't respect him because he's not a macher. And for those of you who are not Jewish, a macher is an important person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get all Yiddish because I'm with a Rizalski. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I can't help it. Uh, but so, that's really true. Like all that. Yeah. That's really true. And, and there's, there comes a point where, there, for me, there came, because I understand that. And I, I had a discussion with a woman, and it was, it was, a, it was, it was a relationship ender, uh, where she said, you need your story. I need my story. I don't know who it right. is, who I am without my story. Bingo. Everybody needs their story. And I say, and this is what I've said before in the podcast, if you say you need your story, I go, if you say so. Gesundheit, <laughs> to go back to the Jewish. That's exactly it. Go in health. Zygesund. You go in health because I feel like yeah. you don't need that story. Yeah. Every I need day, a new story. Well, that's the thing. And I was I'm a happy about guy. To say, I know you are. What I was just about to say was if you want to start over, that's the epiphany that you need to have. That's your revelation. You start over right now. Now, how do you do that? How do you start over? And I don't mean start over like, you're a pioneer living that. But how, does you, how do you start over with your story? 
Because it's a habit you have to dump like anything. Exactly. It's like just starting a new habit in 21 days and all of that. Exactly. It takes 21 days to start a new habit. That which is, by the way, the absolute minimum. (laughs) That's crazy that it starts 21 days to start a new habit. I don't fucking believe that at all. No, I don't either. And you and I, in years past, because we've known each other for a long time, we've talked at length about quitting smoking once upon a time, which we've both done. Right. Um, And uh, we've both quit overeating uh, at different times in our lives. And uh, we've both... You know, whatever it is. But we've also started. I know you were doing a, a physical. You were you were doing a, an exercise regimen. I still do that. You still do that. Yes, I didn't and do it I today, do, but right. I do it all the time. But there's that exercise regimen, and yep. you go. If I want to, if you say, okay, if I say it's going to be 21 days to get a new habit, then I'm counting those days as opposed to being present to my doing the habit. Yes, but the 21 days in your head, it's helping you climb that mountain. I see. So you're saying it, it's muscle memory. Yes, I am. Right. Okay, so now, how do you reinvent your story? Muscle memory has to become a part of it. But But it it, it happens. People do it. People do it. And I'm not saying totally dump all your friends and start over again. I'm saying that moment that you're in traffic and you get upset in that moment because every day you're in fucking traffic. And at that moment you're going, God! Oh, that's an opportunity for me to go, no, I'm not going to engage in the anger that comes from the frustration of being stuck in traffic. I'm not going to call it being stuck in traffic. I'm going to call it <laughs> I'm in traffic. Do you understand? Yes. Like at those moments. But it's the moment that you were saying. One, one day at a time for, for everybody else, it's one moment at a time. Mm-hmm. It's not just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's one day at a time, but the day is made up of a billion moments that you have an opportunity to say, no, that which I historically have done, and to say historically done, not to say what I would normally do, because there's a difference between saying what I would normally do and saying what I would historically have done, mm. because no, there is no normal or abnormal. There's no Chinese gong in this whole uh, recording studio. No, but we'll add the gong later along Chinese with gong. Uh, Paolo Nascimento. Uh, pa- yes, Paolo Nascimento. Wu Tang. From from the Wu Tang clan, he was the great author of the book uh, The Seven Agreements. Of wisdom, <laughs> exactly. Yes, and uh, and WA. So yes. you know, but it's all of that. It's all of that. And I, I, <laughs> when it comes to those kind of changes that you that you make, where it comes to things like uh, the story that you're telling yourself, to have children around you and a wife and a house and all those other things, that makes it that that. Yes. Is more because it's not just you anymore. No, it's fire alarm. When things are bad, it's fire alarm time. Uh-huh. When things are good, it's suburban dad time. Right. I seem to, I it, what I know about what you're doing right now is basically there's a direct correlation between what I see on Facebook and what you're doing, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Facebook is a website where people socially interact. There's some shit that for, I'm talking for the about. non-Jews. Yeah, exactly. Who are listening today? Today being uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year! Jews give high five on this day. Man. I, somebody asked me yesterday, do you celebrate Rosh Hashanah? And I went, no. Like, what about Yom Kippur? Nope. Mm-hmm. Hanukkah? No. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a Jew. Mm-hmm. Yes. Try telling that to children. <laughs> or try telling that to, uh, to racists. Yes, which I'm one. Right. Of. Yeah. Uh, and your racist children. Yes. Which is a, uh, would really be a very good adult, name of my swim, band. adult swim ca- uh, cartoon. Your racist anime. children? Your racist children. Okay, we're going to do that. Yeah, we'll do that. You're racist children. That's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've stopped. Okay, so you said that you're going to, you're hoping for the, your, that next thing, that uh, the, the, 
the screenplay that's just about. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a project. You know, I'm doing projects right now. I'm doing. I'm in the middle of writing two screenplays right. for an independently uh, for an independent producer. One producer, two screenplays. Correct. It's the dog diddly dongest thing. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and uh, I can't go into a lot of detail because right. I am officially a ghostwriter. Right. So I, you know, they this somebody was looking for somebody with my experience level to can I pay you to be a ghostwriter with me? Can I guess who it might be? You will never guess in a thousand years. Keep Orson going. Welles. Correct. Ah, oh, how did you do that? I know. because I'm thinking Orson Welles is dead. You're never going to guess dead people, and you nailed it. If you're going to ghostwrite for anybody, you ghostwrite for a dead you person. You ghostwrite for a dead person. Okay. Right. It's just part of the. I will name tell you this because it's ironic, but uh, uh, I am ghostwriting a movie about a ghost. I would like for you to ghostwrite a movie about a ghostwriter. I, that's been done, hasn't it? I don't know. Fuck. I'm gonna have to edit this. <laughs> I'm pretty shit out. sure there's a movie called The Ghostwriter. There has to be. Oh, or yeah. a comic book. Ghostwriter. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you know, a working writer does what a working writer has to do. And uh, if they'd been offered me a job to, um, you know, do something, yeah, it's a job. Offers come to you. I was sought out, job offer came. Right. We need a ghostwriter. I'm like, mm, okay, let's right. do this. And you know what? I'm having a great time and, it's, and we're making great movies. Um, um, and I, this is while I'm waiting for my Korean project to come, but it has kept me waiting forever, and uh, might be starting this week or not. Um, <laughs> but no, this was like supposed to be one of the weeks. If you're in the movie, if you're in the screenwriting business, you're waiting for the oh, waiting for financing, waiting for financing. Oh, right. it should be in two weeks. It should be in three weeks. I promise it's gonna be in four weeks. In ten weeks from now, it's definitely. So I'm at one of those moments where it's like, no, this is really, you know, end of August. I said, okay, I'll hear from you in the beginning of September. And so now we're right about here where literally I could get an email or not any day to, to you know, but uh, I'm busy right now anyway, so. There's this need to surrender the standard uh, uh, safety, like the idea of, sa uh, the, not safety, of certainty. Mm -hmm. The idea that you at one point went, oh my God, historically I would be anxious about right now, but I know that money will come in and you I don't. Sadly, you don't know that money will come in. That's I'm, the hard part. But, but, but you're An not, optimistic but person. But right now, you're not working at Starbucks. No, you're not. saying that money will come in. You're yes. saying that the funding will come in. Yes. But oh, that yeah. is a for process that project. for you to but get I'm, to. But I have the luxury now because I'm working. Right. For this uh, producer. And, uh, um, but yes, no, I'm waiting for that next job to come, like anyone who freelances. I'm well, you're a, you fishing. Know. Do you enjoy the fishing? No. No. I am not... Uh, uh, I become one, but when you're a screenwriter, just like if you're an actor or a makeup artist, you have to be an you have to be a business person and an right. entrepreneur. I learned that at the beginning of my acting career, which is why you know in my 20s, one day I woke up and said I can't smoke pot anymore, because I realized like oh I have to be a salesman right. for me. Right. And um, right. You know, and that's a that's not thing original. Lots of actors but go through that. But I think that a lot of people feel that they have to be a salesperson for themselves. I think that. That for me, I think, and, and it's what I was looking at your snarky website, uh, 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 GorenLombard.com. yes. It's an awesome snarky website. And you first look at it going, why does this look so Soviet? Because <laughs> <laughs> it really looks so Soviet Union. And then you click on it and it's really snarky. It's my writing, yes. I've been told it's a crap, it's a crummy, crummy website. It's an but awful my website. paragraphs of writing on it are pretty sharp. It's really, really good. And I made a note to, to when this uh, podcast goes on for people to take a look at it because it's really great. But there's that. I'm embarrassed, but I'm Why glad you said nice things about it because I haven't worked. I haven't updated that website since. But this. looking through it, I'm looking through it and I'm going. This guy knows who he is, yeah. and he's snarky, and he knows. Oh, who he then is next time, about. go to evandor.com because that's 
because I don't work with Lombard really anymore. Right. And I don't sell myself as Lombard. So I also have EvanGore.com, which has like a picture of me on it and is a little more business-like, but has that same hire me, I'm funny, and here's an example of me right. describing myself funny. But you're selling yourself. Hell yes. You know, and in you're selling yourself. You're selling Cabinet yourself. Cabinet making, blowjobs, whatever you got. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in you're selling yourself, you have the confidence to sell yourself because I think a lot of people, for me and for you and for other artists, there's that idea of what's your job? My job is me. I got hired to be me. Mm -hmm. And no one else, the, the job was open. I took it. I'm very, I'm, I'm, my boss is great. The fellow employees that I work with are great. I love the hours. I love where I work. That is what I love doing. I, mm -hmm. That's what I love about the freelance thing, mm -hmm. about selling myself and being in control of it. The, the idea of a nine to five job makes, a nine to five job, like a real nine to five job, right. makes you go, how do you do that? I had to write a contract recently. I don't like invoicing. Mm -hmm. I don't like keeping my desk organized, which I have to do. Right. Um, I don't like staying on top of the bills. I don't like um, staying on top of the bank. Right. You know, um, and uh, my wife will be quick to tell you that that is just not my thing, which is part of my story, by the way, right. that I need to change. Mm -hmm. And I have, but over the years, I've become more that person. Right. Um, and over the and and early on, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I remember. I did a one-man show that got a lot of sort. I had a lot I of love young the title. people. What was the title? It was called "Look at Me, Look at Me, Look at Me." I love that title so much. But I had a, a person who went on to become a person who, at the time, was an assistant at CAA, right. and went on to become sort of a big deal. Uh, develop, I don't know, producer. I haven't caught up with her in a long time. But what stuck with me, and I knew it would stick with me, because she looked. This, you know, after the show, I've got all these people crowning me, and just like dead serious, said, "You are a genius. Uh -huh. You really are." And I'm in my head. I'm going, "Uh, uh, uh." Right. Don't, you know, I, I, it just like made me really uncomfortable because I got why she felt that way. I've done this like really great thing. It was immediately right after. Right. And it was, it, that was the same time in my life when I quickly had to come to terms with the fact that I am not an artist. I am not an artist. I don't see myself as an artist. I see myself much more as a cabinet maker, which is my joke about it. Uh -huh. But I'm a cabinet maker. I build things and sell them. And I'm always, that's the advice I always give young people. You know, see yourself, you you're build something and sell Writers and actors, for that matter, but mostly writers. You build something, you sell it. You build something else, you sell it. You build three things, you put them on a shelf. You go to an agent and say, I have these three cabinets. You know, they're all different or whatever, and you sell it. Because thinking of yourself as an artist, and you might think of yourself as an artist. A lot of people listening might think of themselves as an artist. I find I um, don't, I'm not at all comfortable thinking of myself as an artist because I've got to sell some shit because I've got bills to pay. But your, your definition of artist seems very narrow. It seems to me, when you say an artist, you're not including the business of art. I'm a creative. Okay, fine. My invoices say Evan Gore creative. I know, but, but that's <laughs> your story too. But for me, I feel like there's something, there's, there's, um, uh, there's a zebra muscle attached to the hull of the ship artist that people look at and go, well, you can't be an artist, you know, an artist is this. But I feel like sure. my art, my creativity, I go to different places and I sell this thing that I call cre uh, uh -huh. theatrical improvisation. Yes. All right. So that's what I do. I am an artist, but I also am a businessman. Mm -hmm. And I'm a businessman and artist. When you set, when, if, should I separate those two things? I don't know who the fuck I am. I don't know how to do that. Uh -huh. because that you identify is, with being an artist. Yes, I identify with it because in within artists, and it took me a little bit of time to get there, within the concept of artists, is also that's my occupation 
-hmm. and I do make money on it, and there's no doubt about it that being an artist is how I make money. Yes. You being a creative, am I a cabinet maker? Not so much so. But I would also I would also say that um, uh, cabinet makers are artists as well. Yes, but um, and no but, cabinet, but a cabinet maker doesn't walk around and say I'm an artist. I don't believe that. When you say a cabinet, are you talking about the, on I'm, the line at Ikea? Whatever, I'm talking about cabinet makers. Well, I, okay, look, I look a at- A woodworker, I, you know. I look I, at that cabinet right there, right behind. It's a beautiful one, folks. It's a beautiful for those cabinet. For the, the non-Jewish people. And somebody, put, but the, uh, the, the wood is, is Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We all get that. We all get that cabinet but, making is not something that everyone can do. But uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that someone picked those pieces because they have an artistic- um, uh, the, the way the wood grain is on the sure. cabinet. And, and someone made that. In much and, respect, much respect. I'd, and again, this is probably a hundred piece, hundred year old piece of furniture and the guy might have gone, I don't know. He might have been <laughs> your great grandfather. We should do the scene about the guy who built that cabinet. Exactly, and his wife saying, Seymour, you're, a cab, you're an artist. And him going, shut up, Stella. I'm a cabinet maker. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Really? Yeah. Well, it is. It's, it's about identity. And I... Um, uh, and perhaps it's just the associations in my head of artists being a guy with a smock and a beret right, and an easel. Right, right. And a heroin addiction and a girlfriend lying on the couch. So oh, I'd kill for a girlfriend on the couch. <laughs> right, right. So my wife won't let me. All right, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at that like, what's, what's, why? Because that's your story of what an artist looks like. Um, but, it's, but it's different than this. It's about what do I have to do all day? Whether or not I'm, I'm making a sale that day, I've got to build a cabinet right. to sell the next day. Right. And when people, you know, a lot of people and a lot of the younger writers come to and they go, miss the, you know, they kneel at the, my hiking boots and they uh -huh. go, well, how can I be as awesome as you? Mm -hmm. And I say, it can't be done. Mm -hmm. Then I tell them the real deal, which is build a cabinet and sell, build a cabinet and sell it. Right. Um, but building the cabinet is the artistic endeavor, isn't it? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> I win. <laughs> As long as you win, that's all I care. But that's my Rosh Hashanah gift to you. I love that. I love that. It's like a bottle of champagne mm -hmm. with a bunch of uh, something in it. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. And yet, I'm going back to your snarky website of Goran Lombard, that that which you're selling is, is so... There's some really funny shit within I'm that. hilarious. You are funny. Let us funny. establish something. This should be in my bio. Evan Gore is a goddamn delight. Right. <laughs> right. Which is a line I've been saying about myself for years. Because I think it's universally accepted. Um, I wish people more would say it that way. Oh, have you met Evan Gore? He is a goddamn delight. You think that people aren't saying that? I think people think need anybody, to be a little more. Think, aside from uh, an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend, do you think anybody is saying, people are saying bad things about you? Oh, yeah. Oh. Not a lot, though. Not right. a lot. Do you know right. why? I'm a goddamn delight. You are a goddamn delight. <laughs> you are a goddamn delight. I remember I've disappointed a few people. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think there was a time in my life, perhaps in my 20s, when I was less inclined to believe that anyone would. But then I had, you that know. anybody would what? Say anything negative about me. Uh -huh. But then, uh -huh. of course, I had an episode when a lot of people started saying bad things about me. Uh -huh. That was a while ago. Yes, it was about the time of my first divorce, to right. be quite honest with you. Right. Uh, uh, I was in a big social network at that time, and uh, you lose friends along the way, and right. you lose, you know, people take sides, and that's a part of life. Right. I also feel that that's, that's, that taking sides, and I could be I'm totally wrong, seems to be a young person's game. Perhaps. The taking sides of it all. You know, do you know any adults who have enemies or, um, or have an, uh, my wife was with a friend of ours who um, 
was they were going somewhere and like, oh my god, that's my arch enemy, and and then and then I have another guy who uh, tells stories. And he's like, and then my enemy, like my arch, en-. I'm like seriously, grownups have arch enemies, and it's you know I just never had one, and my wife's never had one. So we're like, wow, a grown up with an arch enemy. I think we know people that don't like each other anymore, right? And I don't know that they would call each other arch enemies. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, this was a comedian who said it. Right, she, right. She's okay, a very funny person, <laughs> right, and right. so whatever. Right. Um, uh, one of my I, funny friends who has an arch enemy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, whether you call it arch enemy or not, and I enemy don't... is such a weird phrase. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say what I think you think is, do you have enemies? I have no enemies. I have no enemies. Yeah. Do you have enemies? I, no. Enemies? I have people who don't trust me. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's right. usually all business related. Uh-huh. Or I have people, either, the, uh, I've a couple of people I think in work throughout my career that I've disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I have no proof of that. That's just my ego talking. Right. Um, and, uh, and then the big thing that you have, that anyone has, is all the people that write you off. I got a million of those. <laughs> Did they write you off because they don't trust you? Because they don't know. Because they, they don't know, know that I'm a goddamn delight. delight. You're the delight. Right, you're a goddamn delight. <laughs> um, have I been written off? I don't even know that I've been written you off. You have. I have been written off. Oh, yeah. I'm you've clear. been dismissed and written off. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. And, and there's, uh, I bet there's at least Nothing two or personal. three people. Well, it probably is. I bet there's two. I know one, because it's all in my head. Right. I'm like, oh, I'd never hear back from those. <laughs> there are two cities that I have tried to get work in. Okay. Because you work all over the country teaching comedy improv. Right, exactly. Great. Teaching improv, theatrical improv. I'm not going to mm-hmm. call it comedy, but I okay. call it that. And I go all over the, the place, and there are two cities mm-hmm. where I cannot get a fucking phone call returned. Okay. And I have a feeling that there was something, that I did something, or they were saying, David's just a hassle, because I cannot imagine anyone not wanting to call me back. Sure. I'm the same way. Right. I, in terms of self-image. Right. I can't imagine it. But, you know, I also, it happens. I also feel that that's not my problem. Oh, you're very mature. Well, but it's not <laughs> my problem. If they have an issue with me, I don't have an issue with them. They have an right. issue with me. Great. And no matter what it is that I'm going to do, uh, they're still going to have an issue with me until they bump into me on the street and I go... Why? What's that? What happened to yes. us? Going back to what you said, you are clearly not in your 20s because that kind of taking it on yourself is a young man's game. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's a nice benefit of being a few years older. Uh, there was something Really that, nice benefit. Yeah, there's something that I read about today where, where we at, at this age that I'm at... Are you, 20. Are you, are, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a few years younger than you. Uh, but you're not fit yet 50? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, good. Because somebody asked me who's 50 to improvise with, and I was not sure really? if you're 50. Yeah. Oh, okay. Somebody's doing a show. Yeah, I'm older, with, like, not, I'm older than a lot of our mutual friends. Yeah. Because I'm thinking there are people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. There's a show that, that where they're having people in their 20s, 30s, oh. 40s, and 50s doing the show. Which Weird. Which is a great... You do? It's just ridiculous. Oh, it's just as important as... It's just the same delineation as, um, as Jews, Tom O'Connor's... Jews versus Christian or Tom O'Connor's... Zodiac. Zodiac. Where improv Zodiac. teams are organized by Zodiac sign. Exactly. It's a bunch the, of bullshit. Or the United States of Improv, which is done at the I.O., where they do improv teams broken up based on what state you're from. Exactly. Like, that matters. Maybe it does matter. Maybe it does matter. I don't know. But I do know that 
Oh, oh there was something that I read about today that, that's saying the older that we get, the more longevity we have where we are able to sit in something and go, you know what? I'm not going to engage in that argument. I just, it's, I've been through that argument. I don't need to engage in mm -hmm. that argument or that relationship. I'm not going to engage in that relationship because I have a feeling that that's going to go in one direction mm -hmm. that I, I've been in and I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like that at a much at a pretty young age, however. That's great. I've always been that guy who I've always had that kind of a thought process. Uh huh. Um, Doesn't that sound like dinosaurs are outside? It does. <laughs> it's actually a blue garbage truck. But you're right. It does sound it like, like a dinosaur. Not to kill the imagination, but yeah. It does sound like yeah. What we would perceive to be a dinosaur, because I, I do believe that there's also the possibility that all dinosaurs didn't roar. Like maybe they purred. But who knows? What My, a I have a cousin. Like. I have a cousin who works for an independent. He's like uh, Macher with this independent video game called Primal and Carnage. And people now know what Macher meant means because uh, thank you defined it earlier. But uh, if you like to play the computer games or the video games, look up Primal Carnage because it's a dinosaur killing game uh -huh. where you can either be the dinosaur and kill the humans, uh -huh. or you can be the humans and kill the dinosaur. Okay. And that's a plug. Um, but. I've talked to him a lot about dinosaurs, and he point, told me something that this is my cousin in his 20s, but he's a brain, and he said, you know, we don't know what color the dinosaurs were. Right. Okay, you're right. Yeah, of course not. We don't know what color the dinosaurs were, and we don't know what they sounded like. We also don't know what we they smelled guess. like. guess, yeah. Oh, I know what they smelled like. <laughs> Bacon and eggs. Exactly. That is a fact. That is a fact. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Dinosaurs yeah. smelled like yeah. freshly sizzling bacon and eggs. Yeah, right. It's one of the things that not a lot of people know, but that yeah. is true. Dinosaurs aren't just for breakfast anymore. I just wanted to point that out, too. No, they're not. They've expanded. to. They're open late for, uh, for late breakfast, like McDonald's. Here's another thing about that, though. The idea of delineating things and making, and, and it's like, this is the definition of this. We say cereal is for breakfast. Why? Why? Why is it that we can't have a dinner party of just cereal? <laughs> because the women who come to that party will never speak to you again. Because they're women. <laughs> I love the idea. The of men will have a laugh. Right. Uh, I think it's a great idea. And then everyone will go out to dinner afterwards. <laughs> and then they will talk about you negatively behind your back. I can't That's why. They had us over for dinner and all they had was cereal. Yeah. I fucking want to do that. That's like oh a joke God. dinner party, right? That's like a joke dinner party. Yeah, right. It doesn't cost enough to serve it for dinner to your friends. Is that what it is? It's about maybe, cost? Maybe. I, I could probably have a substantial dinner with the same cost that a box of cereal costs. <laughs> you know? Because a box of cereal costs four and a half dollars. Yeah. I would imagine that I can make, um, uh, you're going to need at least two or three boxes of cereal for a so I'd say for a dinner party of eight. Don't you think? <laughs> I love this. Right? Yeah. A dinner party of eight, two or three boxes of cereal. Because I love cereal too. I know. That's thing. why I'm saying. Why the fuck is and it? And I do eat cereal for dinner. Right. Because I try, because of my focus on fitness, which is spotty, but it's been a couple of years now. I mean, I do boot camp a lot. And, uh, but uh, you eat upside down. Breakfast like a king, lunch like a uh, prince, dinner like a pauper. Uh -huh. That way you're, that's like a methodology. When I'm really like trying to lose weight, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh -huh. Front load my calories. And right. Yeah. And so. Um, so that uh, during the day you blow off the calories that you accumulate. Yes, and eat light at dinner time. Right. There's a whole other, uh, now you got, now that I'm talking about that, there's a whole other way of looking at it where you skip breakfast, the eight hour diet, if you want to Google that one. Uh-huh. But where you um, you you stop eating at like 8 p.m. at night and then don't eat for 16 hours later if you're a man, uh, 14 hours later if you're a woman, and that's like a weight loss. Wait, wait, crash how many diet. for a man? 16. 16 hours if you're a man. What if you're a pussy? Right on. Huh? Give me five. Fucking, fucking, fucking pussy. pussies. Fucking pussies. Which is what you are, because you get really hungry around right. 1 p.m. and you've got an hour to go. 
So you puss out and you have some cereal. Exactly. Now, when I say when I say breakfast for dinner, I'm I'm talking about cereal. I'm not talking about. You're not knowledge. talking about pancakes and eggs. No. No, because no. that'd be a whole other dinner party. Exactly. Like you could do a fun dinner party, but get some protein in there. Exactly. 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 Some fruits or vegetables. I that'd be a hilarious see, dinner party. Right. Uh, and I, and the table would need to be like like the, a dinner. A dinner yes. party. Table. It's a whole joke. You're not telling anyone ahead of time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you have You are up. serving up. Come over for dinner. <laughs> I think you'll be surprised. <laughs> Bring your wife. Everyone's right. coming over. Right. I'm a vegan. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm a vegetarian. Does not matter. That's all good. Yeah. That's all good. We'll have orange juice or juices. <laughs> yeah. But that's about it. Oh, see, because I would take it a different way. Because I think you're making a point when you're just cereal. Because I think it'd be enough of an enjoyable gag. To have a full like breakfast with pancakes and sausage and eggs, uh-huh. like a bre- like a hotel breakfast buffet, to at your din- friends at dinner. Yeah. Still not very expensive, by the way. No, no, no. Breakfast think, is the I least think, expensive I, meal of the day. I believe I do believe that the bacon and the eggs and the and the pancakes and the waffles and that shit mm-hmm. that that's too much. I think it's too, that's much. too much. It's not I your dunk kind of dinner party. No, 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 no. Um, right. Because you can fill this apartment with men. Serve Doritos and beer, no one will notice. No, no one will say anything. It no. won't be anything like someone will go. It's that's just what we do. Exactly. No one will say. We're just hanging Can out. Can you believe what they had for dinner? And no guy's gonna go. I cannot believe. No, no. One guy's gonna on. go. Like, dude, we gotta order pizza. Right. And then one guy, if you have a lot of friends who are actors, uh-huh. one guy's gonna wanna uh, order out for Thai. Yeah. Right. I've been doing that Grubhub or whatever that's called. Oh wow. That's really good. Your business must be good. Um, if you I can don't afford do a often, delivery service fee, what is that often. service fee? A three dollars service fee on top no, of your no, bill? No, 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 no. It's free. Grubhub.com. Yeah. Is this whole com- thing been a commercial for Grubhub.com? It could be, or for cereal. Right. There's a bunch. No, of we shit. have not named one cereal by name, and no, it's no, time no. we start. But when I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to name it. But what? its initials are Honey Nut uh, Cheerios. Okay. Okay. That's what. That's that's got to be there. Honey Nut Cheerios Seriously? has to be there. You don't what? No, I pass on that cereal. What? That's why I want three or four different cereals. Yeah, you better. Which one? I'm coming over here for dinner and what you're giving you? me Honey Nut Cheerios? <laughs> you're not even giving me like what? Uh, Flax Flakes or... Oh, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. you? I'm healthy. Flax Flakes? I'm a middle-aged man thinking about my health. You're coming over for dinner one day. <laughs> one day of cereal dinner and, you're, and, you're, is... and you want Flax Flakes? At your house. <laughs> at your fucking party. I'll okay. At your dinner party. I'll tell you what else I'll take. But I will accept. If I'm consulting on the menu, uh, there could be um, Quaker Oat Squares. Those are good. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, even Grape Nuts, which I'm not allowed to eat at home because it's both my wife doesn't like them and they're too crunchy. I don't want this podcast is not going to be about my wife. I promised myself they're I too crunchy. Okay, let's not say who who. Yeah, let's so not the say the crunchy. Is let's say my boyfriend going, instead of my wife. Could you chew? Could you chew quieter? Or what's the what's the request? When you're when you're grape nutsing. Uh, when I'm grape nutsing, uh, not around. Can, do you have to do that in here, Daddy? I'm in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Like in the kitchen, standing eating. Well, seriously, you're eating grape nuts. <laughs> um, and hashtag marriage. Right. <laughs> I broke up with a girl because she would eat like this. Are they hearing that at home? Yeah. I yeah. do. If I, I hadn't married my wife, she would have broken up at, with me for doing what you just did. If eating you hadn't like that. married, wait, say that again. What do you mean? Uh, no, because wedding is harder to get out of. 
Uh-huh. So I'm not. She's not going to divorce me for that. Right. But she would have dumped me if we'd only been dating. Right. For, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I had a friend who. I don't um, eat with my mouth open. What? I do not eat with my mouth open. No, no. I don't think you do. Hashtag I respect. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hashtagging going on. <laughs> I have a friend who does this where uh, she'll put out. She'll. She made dinner for uh, for for me and a friend, and um, she she was eating, and I'm I'm looking down. I hear this noise. <laughs> <laughs> that's and like, I look up and I'm like, who's doing that? And then I realize it's like a vocalized. That's like not just like a mouth sound, but that's a vocalized uh, addition. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. So, mm, 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 <laughs> okay. Mm, mm. And I look up and it's like, who's doing that? Somebody's uh-huh. doing that. And what I realized was she does that just at the beginning of the forkful. Like she'll uh-huh. go. Mm. <laughs> And then like, no, no, it's not okay. Yeah, every sexual okay. thought you had about this person just, just it's so disintegrated. Fucking, no, and that's the idea of living with that for your life. Mm-hmm. Someone who does that. Uh-huh. That's a deal breaker. It's a fucking deal breaker. That's why women are single. Because they make that noise when they put the fork up to their mouth. Right, exactly. I'm glad and, you said it that yeah, way. Yeah. Instead that's, of... There's an epidemic of singleness in this country, and that's why. That's why. That's yeah. got to be at the top. Top three reasons is, top three. do you chew with your mouth open? And make a nom-nom sound. <laughs> right? Every No court in the land would throw that exactly. out. Yeah. You would be like, judge would be like, gavel, gavel. I get it, dude. And then you and the judge would totally high five and be like, yeah. Even if the judge was a woman. In like breakup court. Yes. Breakup break court. court. Oh, there's your TV show. Ah, oh, we have to have breakup court now. <laughs> Dear Hollywood, why am I just thinking this now? Hashtag Evan Gore. Exactly. Breakup court. Breakup oh court. Oh my God. So I, here's what you do. Right? You and a girl that you've had a relationship with, and you know what it's for. It's for pussies who don't want to dump. Exactly. Male or female. Right. But hey, we're having some difficulties right now. Hey, no problem. Let's go to breakup court. What it really is, it's a reality show producer going on Craigslist. Are you having trouble with your relationship? Exactly. Come to breakup. Would you be willing to let an outside arbitrator hear your issues? Right. And uh, oh, oh, we're rich now. Oh, and we I also believe now. that you can. So you get all that you need. I think you need 22 episodes. Let's just say, well, this is syndicated. So you'd think that there'd be five episodes a week, right? Mm-hmm. You think? Like sure. Judge Judy. It's on during close ironing hour. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Was that racist? No. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're racist kids. So, uh, during, yeah. So, it's five days a week. But here's the thing. Like, when the arbitrator wants to take a vacation, then we do, like, how are they now? How long did that last? One episode. Okay. Sort of like what like Gordon Ramsay does. Sure. When it's like, are they still in business? Or? Is Gordon Ramsay going to be the judge on Breakup Court? No. Yeah, he would be no, too no, no, hard. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, it's not a. Sheen. Mm, I think it's got to be a guy and girl panel. I think it's got to be Ryan Seacrest and Teresa Strasser. <laughs> I don't know who Teresa Strasser Just a, is. She's um, a radio personality uh-huh. who's amusing and uh, beautiful. And I think I, I also believe that you have one host and then a rotating host around. Uh, one, right. ho- one, one host and a rotating host around. All right. Right? So I'm just saying. All right, we'll figure all this shit out later. Seriously. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. But it makes me also think about, this is the show that I want to see Antiques Roadshow do. I want to see Antiques Roadshow because I feel like Antiques Roadshow reaches a point and then goes, this is how much it is. And you go, okay. Right. And then we move on to something else. public television. They can do that. What the fuck happens after you realize how much it's worth? Are you going to sell it? Um, Well, here's the reality of producing television. 
from Evan Gore. Mm -hmm. That's expensive. You can't follow those people around. You could do one episode of it or two episodes, three episodes of it. Like the callback episode. Right, exactly. Where they call these people up, send a camera out. Right. But remember, this is a show where they bring everyone in a room, lock down cameras, Mm -hmm. a bazing graphic, and then they they overextend their budget to get that sound yeah and like yeah. that's their budget they, you, somebody, you have to pay somebody that all the time that's why you have certain segments where they don't do the bling it's like right sorry we couldn't afford that last no bling. no like and, and the it guy doesn't matter going, the audience isn't gonna bling. notice yeah the audience is gonna notice the audience is gonna notice yeah and also the guy that came up with the bling sound yeah. is gonna go those fuckers they could have used the bling there and yeah they didn't. yeah he goes crazy when he's sitting at home right watching every episode and going and they don't do that he just loses it yeah nobody's sitting at the table it's when they're out in the hallway and standing and talking standing and talking yeah and his wife like cannot bring him enough miller in cans right right just to calm right. him down jerry turn it off turn it off shut, like, up. shut up shut up shut up shut up shut up, shut up. <laughs> and then he goes to antiques roadshow again the next day and nobody knows exactly. he's got this thing right God he just it. no God he's just it. like oh jerry's got bags under his eyes doesn't he always you know it's they yeah. don't even he's somebody that the whole world writes off wow there's your movie Breakup court is going to make Mark L. Wahlberg, the host of the Mark show. Mark L. Wahlberg. He was he was on he was sitting in that chair. I like and him. And I nice asked guy. him. I called. He's such a great guy. I, and a mensch. I called him up once. If my dad was here and we were watching it and we we're talking about this idea of having the next episode, like not the next episode, but those two people. This woman took a pen that was her grandmother's pen that was actually at her sister's house. She took it. And was on the show, and they went, do you know how much this pen is worth? This pen is worth $150,000, whatever it's going to be. And th- I want to follow her. Right. Did she steal it? Well, she did she steal it? Or did she just, I just did took it, to just for a minute. Yes. Like, I saw you on TV. And yes. what are we going to, that's the. That's and, the movie. Right. And Mark said, because I talked to him about that. Does Mark, is he affiliated with Antiques Roadshow? He's the host. Oh, I did not know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mark. No, he's the host of it. So he and I said, "How come?" And he goes, "It's public television, and they're not going to do that extra step. They're just not going to do." That's it. what I said, and I don't even know. Right. I said that five minutes but ago. But you're in the biz. Yeah. You're in the producer biz. I am kind of. Aren't you producing? But aren't you? Like, I have produced. Uh huh. I'm not producing currently, but I'm going to produce Breakup Court. Right. Breakup Court. Take it to Breakup Court. Yeah. And you can also have Celebrity Breakup Court. Okay. You're going to be, be the host of that Celebrity be Breakup Court because that's really your idea and I owe you that. The whole thing is just a bad idea. I mean, not a bad idea. It's a show that I would never watch, but I would produce it, but I would never fucking Breakup watch Court. it. Breakup Court. I think there's uh, a lot of money to be made there. I think there's not a lot really. of money. I don't think there's a lot of money to be made in reality the, of this kind. The kind where like some guy who's not in the world of reality like writes up a proposal and I don't know. I, I think that, that producers... People come up with these ideas all the time. Yeah. And there's somebody out there, there's somebody out there right now who's gone, wait a minute. I know the person that can know the person that could get to that. Oh, yeah. There are people listening to this episode who have already written it down. Right. And immediately went to evangore.com to see if I'm the guy that could pull that off. Right. And you know you are? A fucking goddamn delight. A goddamn delight. You're a goddamn delight. Yeah. And what I, uh, have you ever seen, Richard Label has a card, his business card, since Richard Label, since 1959. I think your business card should be Evan Gore, a goddamn delight. And maybe if you want. My business card is busy because it, it's got my mini resume on it. My business card. I've got a business card that people think is really cool because it's got all my uh, information. But then mm. in the column, in like microscopic print, it's got 
show titles or all these shows I've worked for because it's difficult for me to go back to me being a children's animation writer. It's kind of hard to communicate to people what it is that I've done because right. I've I work in cartoons, but I've never worked on SpongeBob SquarePants. Right. You know, but you worked with Tom Kenny. I've worked with Tom Kenny, yes, right. but that's not on my business card. No. Um, uh, so I've done you know screenwriting and voice direction for kids animation, which actually I'm doing like this year I'm much more doing like feature writing. That's what I've been doing a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've sort of come to calling myself I'm a freelance screenwriter. Right. Uh, you know. But isn't isn't all aren't all screenwriters freelance screenwriters? Yeah, but I put the word freelance in front of it to sort of diminish it and to suggest that I'm not working for Paramount. I'm not you know trying to s convince you that I've got um, you know. Writing the next why hangover. wouldn't you want people to think that you're working for Paramount? Because I'm not working for Paramount. And I'm not really into the puffing myself up game. Because I'm from Milwaukee originally. Right. Because That's I'm the from Milwaukee. Thing. Right. And when I say I'm from Milwaukee, I'm actually from Shorewood. I know. So even there's a little puffery in that. <laughs> a little puffery. Which is... I'm like I'm, bragging I'm, about being from Milwaukee. But I love a little puffery because that was one of the shows that you worked on. The kids shows, right? That's right. A, a little, little puffery. puffery. It was about puffery. The fairy who uh, floated around in a cloud of her own farts, <laughs> and nobody loved her, and so it was sort of a bully, a lesson wait, wait, about bullying. Around in what? A cloud of her own farts. <laughs> I was unable to sell it to Disney Channel, but the, it was Playboy Channel's first original children's cartoon. It, was it originally a queef that she floated around? In? That well, that's what they, you know, because producers have to put their fingers on everything. So to speak. So, so it became a queef, yeah. Why are you laughing? Oh, See, this is the thing. You're just writing me off right now. No, You're I'm like, not. Because I, I'm not. No, I'm not writing you off. Um, I'm just, I'm loving, yeah, I'm writing you off. Yeah. I'm totally right. Sorry, it's okay. No, but the idea of, of, of a little puffery, I feel like you're not saying that you're not doing it. You're not saying that you're doing it. Because if Paramount comes and says, hey, we want you to run a hunt, yeah, yeah. you're not going to go. Oh, now sorry. I'm not a freelance screenwriter anymore. Exactly. Now I'm a screenwriter. I, where you suddenly go, oh, that's great. Now i got to get a whole fucking bunch of new business I'll cards. tell you what. A couple years ago, I was very close to getting a major feature job mm -hmm. for the uh, uh, as a rewriter on the movie that is Escape to Planet Earth. It was, uh, you know, Weinstein. And I was pretty close to getting it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, and that movie was not very successful. And that uh, would have been a very difficult job. But... Getting like one of those major motion pictures, like one that's in national distribution. That's how I'm going to right. define it. Because what I've been doing for the last five or six years, I've been writing for shows in Europe, TV series in Europe. I've been, you know, writing single episodes for a couple of different shows on the hub. Mm -hmm. And uh, but <clears throat> when you go telling yourself you're a screenwriter, people make immediate assumptions and they look at you with their eyebrows up because they want you to confirm or deny them. And really, for the world at large, they want to know: Do you have you write, written something I've heard of? Right. That's that's it. It's just like when you say, I'm an actor. Oh, really? You know, the what eyebrows go up and what have you been in? And they're hoping right. to hear something they recognize. Right. So typically, I go, depending on who they are and whether or not they have kids. If they have kids, I'll start rattling off a credit or two. But none from the actual last, actual last couple of years, unless they're European. If they're right. from overseas, I can say, what oh, are, those names? Can you, are you familiar with Lucky Fred? Your kids watch Lucky Fred? Uh -huh. Which is being seen all over the world, except the United States. And right. it's very successful, except in the United States. <laughs> um, that's okay. Right. And my animation writing peers, they get it. Right. Um, right. You know? Right. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but by and large, I'll say, oh, I wrote an episode of Futurama. Because for the typical person who doesn't have kids, a, a job I did... Many years Many ago, years season ago. one of Futurama. That was while we were doing working for uh, uh, Matt Groening, wasn't that? It was after. It grew out of it that. Just, yeah, it grew out of that, right? <clears throat> yeah, but um, yeah, 
And yet that was my first paying, well, not first, but it was way early in my uh, trajectory. It was the first job that Goran Lombard did together. That's right. what, I, what I did with uh, Heather Lombard. And, <clears throat> but it was many, many years ago. But it's a recognizable brand. And though even still there, people go, what's that? Right. You know? And then I'll say, uh, Jimmy Neutron, have you heard of that show? <laughs> which is ancient already. Right. You know, or George of the Jungle, which at least has its roots right, in the 60s. Right, right, You know? And it's very nice when you work in Hollywood to be able to just throw a brand name at somebody mm. and have them leave you alone. I love that. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, the idea of short-selling yourself, because I understand that. The idea of going, well, I can't say that I'm doing this because I, I want people to think, and I know that, I want people to, I want people to say, David can do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I have the right to go, I can't do that or not. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes, but I think that that is something that slows people down in Hollywood. Which is what? Um, the I can do anything. Uh-huh. Because I, first of all, I don't think it's true. Right. I think it is a particular disease of people like you and I who can do a wide array of things because we were trained at a place like Second City. Certainly Second City, Chicago, not the only place like this. Right. There are lots of sort of fertile grounds where people come out and they act and they write. Right. And they, they can they do... They produce and they can direct. Yes, and they can act in comedy and they right. can act in drama. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in many cases, they can write in comedy and write in drama. Right. Um, the guy I'm working for right now, we're doing a... Uh, he hired me to do this live action... Excuse me, hired me to write this epic animation fantasy and then as a side project, little by little, I convinced him that I could also help him with his live action comedy that has nothing to do with animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and now he's a complete convert because he's seen me write jokes that make him burst out laughing. Right. But he didn't, when he met me, he didn't know that I could do that. And so that's right. kind of gratifying to be able to prove, to communicate to somebody else, yes, I'm not the first thing you see. Right. I can do anything. Right. Which is what you just said. Right. But, I, but even as an actor, in my actor days, it's been many years since I had a, a, was pursuing acting professionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm still sitting here before you saying, I could act in fucking anything. But I know that I can't. I can't get act cast in anything. Because I look like I look. And you look like you look. Right. And there's a, it's a photographic oh, yeah. business. Yeah, right. And, um, and I'm a certain age. Whatever it is. Um, and so while I can probably do more than you think I can do, because I do have, quote unquote, range right. as an actor, which even though I'm not... Pursuing it right now, I could do Shakespeare for you right now, mm-hmm. um, but it would take some preparation because that's work. But I know how to do that. Right. But I'm not. I could do. I could sell your Kellogg's commercial. Anyway, this whole business of range, I think, is something though that slows people down because really successful people in the business of show business uh, don't have don't exercise their range. They exercise their niche. Right. 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 Oh, yeah, that niche. Yes. I get it too. But, but if somebody says to me, can you do niche adjacent? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I think that would be challenging for me to do. In mm-hmm. a good way. Mm-hmm. I just worked for WWE. And oh, they, cool. they asked me to work with their vice presidents to do um, learning exercise, uh, 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 listening, like yes. uh, stronger listening exercises. Yes. And all, along with that also came, um, uh, you know, talking about ego and, 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 and strength and your voice and all those things. So I start to branch out more, but it's not really a branch out because it's everything that I teach in improvisation mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's, yes. yes. I'm branching out too, by the way. This is apropos of nothing, but you just reminded me. I'm also attempting to start a public speaking coaching business. Right. Which, is, which was, has grown out of both relationship and opportunities that I've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, my years and years, like yourself, teaching improvisation. Right. And... Um, 
the difficulties of having an up and down business. Right. So you're down, you gotta go figure out like what else is going on. At the same time as I'm looking around, opportunities are presenting themselves to me, I pursue those opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I'm it's, and, and it's one of the things that, that if you were just niche, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, those opportunities wouldn't open themselves up to you because you're, you've got the, the blinkers on, you've got right. the blinders on, and you're not seeing that. But if you go, you know what, I could do that. Mm -hmm. I could do that, and I'm gonna prove myself wrong but I don't often prove myself wrong. Right. And I get jealous of my friends that still have the same jobs that I had back when times were better for me and I was at Disney Channel all the time. Uh -huh. I was like at Disney Channel all the time. Right. Um, and, uh, and I'm not, it's been a while now since I've been there, but I've got a lot of friends who are still clocking in and clocking out of the Disney Channel every day. And I'm generally jealous of them because they've got a fun job that I could do right. well and it would be fun to work with them because they're my friends. Right. Uh, but in the time that I've been away from the Disney Channel, for ex just one example, um, I have both been scraped through the rocks, but I've also, you, you literally come out stronger, cleverer, uh, harder, you know, and I'm so and much... You, and you know your voice. Yes, and my talent has just exploded because I'm not, no, I'm out of the comfort zone. Right. And it's like the things I can do now as a writer are just, uh, I, I wasn't able to do them six, seven years ago. And as a writer, you, your entire, you, your career... I'm sorry, as a writer, your, your career is based on the inspiration that you personally go through that whether you use it directly or you use it, mm -hmm. I'm gonna use this word, spiritually, like the energy that you get from disappointment okay. that, that goes back into your well of what you can write, how you can write creative uh, uh, characters. And I know that you right now, but you're right now you're writing screenplays, right? Mm -hmm. So all that stuff, whether you're aware of it or not, becomes fodder for yes. stronger stories. Oh yes. And my improv background is in, is invaluable to right. my, the work that I've always done. Right. Because I understand, you know, about simple matter of putting yourself into the head of this character and that character and that character. Right. Learning to talk in their voice. Oh, right. And learning what makes a good scene. Yes. Because what is a movie made up of if not several scenes? Exactly. Where's the gong? We put it in later. <sighs> okay, yeah. P well, post Post-production gong. We're gonna end there. Because you asked for the gong. Right. I think we did it. Thanks a lot. Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDCOMEDY at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website, ADDCOMEDY.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rosowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out, and there's a link there. Click on that link, and that will set you up. you got to do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.